Well, I hope you had a good week, and uh, we have been going through worship as a lifestyle, and that was just a hodgepodge of a lot of the videos that we did, I guess, and uh, just a number of different things. If you've been with us, we did a couple of those goofy videos just about every week here, but uh, we are going to today, we're kind of wrapping up the Worship as a Lifestyle series, and uh, we've been talking about... um, Everything is, not everything, but just a ton of different stuff with our our lifestyle of worship from salvation to uh, baptism a little bit. We talked about, we went through uh, fellowship and stewardship and discipleship and and a number of different things in those ways. But today and and last week, I kind of really grabbed all of those things and kind of tied it together with with, uh, worship as a lifestyle and, and, and talked really a little bit more depth about worship. Today, I'm going to talk about our public expression. And uh, you might go, what? But uh, really, as we look at worship and as we talk about all these things, worship is a lifestyle. It is, it is who you are. It is what you do. It is what you do at work. It is what you do at home. It is all of those things. And so one of the things that most of us or most people, when you talk to them about worship, one of the things that you hit on is church. Well, I come to church and I worship. Well, you don't just come to church and worship, and we'll hit on some of this today, but but our, our public expression of worship a lot of times is, is thought of in our music services and, and what we do on a Sunday morning at the main worship service. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, but, but I want you to understand as we get into this, and, and we'll, we'll close this out, the, we're going to do, it'll be a little bit of a different ending to our service, but the public expression is, is oftentimes thought of with music and things and, and that's a touchy subject in any church, um, is music, and we're not going to get to those things. We're not going to talk about why you should raise your hands, why you shouldn't, why you should close your eyes, why you shouldn't, why this style is better than that style, or I like this, or I like that. That's really not the point of the service this morning. But our heart of worship comes out publicly. And so we're going to talk about a little bit of that this morning, and I'm going to talk really, I'm, I've, I've broke it down, and you guys, I think if you have a bulletin there, you see it's just kind of broken down into two main points with our, with our praise and with worship, and I'm going to hit on those. But I just want to, I want to, I want to talk briefly about expressing our, ourselves and, and how that really kind of looks. But, but as we've talked about all of these different things, our worship is expressed through our neighborhoods, through our families, through our friendships, through every avenue and every single thing of who we are in our Christian lives. No matter what you do, who you are as a Christian will come out. Whether that's at work, at home, within your family, within your friendships, when you're walking down the street, the music that you listen to, all of those things, that plays a part into who you are. As we start thinking about this, and as you think about worship, and you really look at your life, the key components of worship, your major functioning of worship, takes place outside of these walls. The majority of the worship that you will have this week and this month will not take place at Oasis Baptist Church. Or if you're visiting at whatever other church that you've attended or will attend. It really isn't something that's in these walls. The church isn't here so that you can come a few hours a week and have your worship and then go home and do what you want. I expressed this a number of weeks ago. If you come to church for the sake of me feeding you and you growing in your Christian life... That's not the point of being here. The point of being here is that I can and we as a church and the functions and the things and the activities that we provide can help assist you in your daily life to allow your worship to be able to be expressed in, different, in whatever it is that you do. And so as I was thinking, as I was studying, as I was doing some of these things and putting this together, the majority of any worship experience that you will have in life will take place outside of the walls of the church. If you think about this, If you come to service, every time the doors are open at Oasis Baptist Church, it's roughly 18 hours a month. That's not a lot. If you think 
that your worship only happens at this place, then we are missing out. Your worship takes place outside of these walls. We come here as a rallying point to say, let's go, charge the whatever needs charged to encourage you, to encourage each other, to then go back out and to continue your worship in everyday living. And so as we go this morning and as we start talking about these different things, I want that to be the premise of, of who we are and what we talk about, that the church is then a, is a support and a rallying, a rallying of the troops, so to speak, for you and your Christian life, for your worship, for all of those things. This isn't the place of worship. And if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Colossians chapter number 3, we're going to start in the introduction this morning with Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number 16. I encourage you, as I do every week, to, to open your Bibles to this passage and follow along with me. There's a number of scripture that will be read this morning, and I really encourage you to, to do those things and go with us, or with me as I read them. But Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, and this will lay the groundwork of kind of what we're going to talk about briefly this morning. And it says this in Colossians 3 verse 16. Why don't we read this together? It says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It says this, I'm going to repeat this one more time. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And this morning as, as I was going through worship and I was studying and as I've been going through this whole series and, and I pray that it's been an encouragement to you and it's been a, a thought-provoking thing to you that you've looked at your own life as we've gone through this. If it's not for you, I've said this, Every week, it's been an encouragement to me, a reminder to me, really, of a lot of things that we all know as Christians. But as I look at this passage, and as I was looking into what we were going to speak on today and how this is all going to come together, this thought here really is worship. It says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. If the word of Christ is dwelling in me, then all of these things are who I am. And so as I was looking at this and I was reading and I was studying, the word of Christ is obviously the scripture, God's word. But as you start looking at the words that follow that, dwell is what? Dwell is to live. Let God's word live in me. And then it says richly in all wisdom. That richly could be put a number of different ways, maybe depending on what your Bible has, but it, it, you could put that, let the word of God live in you in abundance. Maybe the, the word of God will live in you extravagantly. The word of God will permeate your life. The word of God will live in every aspect of your life. The allow the scripture to teach us. So if we look at this passage and we look at this and we say, let the word of God, let God's word, let the scriptures live in me in abundance. Is God's word dwelling and living in you in abundance? Does God's word permeate through your life? Is God's word at your lips? Is God's word what's the outpouring of your heart? That's kind of what this is talking about. Let God's word or the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And then it says in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, do you know one of the key components of a church split deals with Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Music in our churches is one of the key components of splitting a church. 
Because I don't like that song, and I don't like that, and I don't like that, and I don't care for that, and I don't care. I'm going to talk real briefly this morning, and I'm not going to hit on the styles and all those things. But there's a reason that music is an issue. Music is an issue for my one-year-old. If you've had kids, or if you're around kids, what happens when you turn on a music with any form of rhythm of a beat of anything? What do they start doing automatically? I never had to teach any of my kids to do this when music came on. I've not had to teach my son or I've not had to teach any of my kids, particularly one of my daughters who grabs any form of a stick and bangs it to make noise. I've never had to teach them how to do that. It is natural in people because we live a rhythmic life. That is how our lives function. There's different rhythms and different forms of music that will create you and take your mind to a different place. If I would have thought of this, maybe we could have had a lot of fun this morning and played some music from your day and my day and different times. You would have instantly been taken to a a specific place based on that. I could throw a banjo up here and automatically without anything, whether you like country or you don't like country, you're going to automatically be like... You may hate it, but that's the first thing that you're going to do. It's just what we do. Music is a part of every aspect of your lives, whether we like it or we don't like it. But if I look at this, it says, let the word of Christ, let the scripture dwell, live in me in abundance, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And it says in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. If music is an aspect, whether you're a saved person or an unsaved person, if it's an aspect of your life, and we look at that passage of Scripture right there, if the Word of Christ is living into me, God's Word is permeating every aspect of my life, This talks of coming to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Do you know one of the things I've absolutely loved over the course of time, and every one of us has a different feel for whatever music is. I love music. I've grown up in music all of my life. I've sang all my life. I love music. You know, there's something sweet about coming together with another Christian And you start talking about different things. And if you get into a room, or maybe depending on where that is, maybe you go to someone's house. I don't know how many times I've gotten together with different people. And they've said, hey, why don't... Hey, there's a piano right there. We should sing a couple songs. Hey, there's... You know what? What if... And you start talking. And as Christians, we can... Worship and praise the Lord through songs. But when we look at this, do you, do you realize, and maybe I'm just taking this completely out of context and I'm crazy, but in my study, when I look at this, when I think of this, if God's word is living in me and God's word is giving me uh, the wisdom and, and teaching me and, and showing me the different avenues of life, the song that is on my lips will be natural that I do what? Sing with grace in my heart to the Lord. It's going to come out of me. It's going to flow out of me. I'm going to have a grace. I'm going to have a peace. I'm going to have a joy, but I'm going to have a song on my lips to do what? Praise him. It's just natural. It's natural. Do you know what? I, I get scared. I, I, I don't get scared, but I, I fear for teenagers and for people that, that the music that they let infiltrate, and infiltrate their lives have nothing to do with God. And I know I was a teenager before, and I know blah, 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 and I've heard it all. I've worked with teenagers for a long time. But you can always gauge the spirit of anybody by the music that they listen to and that naturally comes out of them. Why? Let the word of Christ dwell in me. In the same 
same sentence, in the same passage, it's saying not only does it dwell in me, but what is it? It comes that we speak it to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so as we get into the passage this morning, this morning really, as I go through this, that'll be about it when I, as far as talking about some of the, the specifics of music, but, but it is natural for a Christian because song is a natural way to praise the Lord. And we're going to go through a number of different passages in Psalms where it talks about praising God and doing these different things, but it all comes from the abundance of my heart. You know what I long for? Again, I love music. I want this place one day to be a place that the music is just, it blows it out. That is a desire of mine. Because I love music. I want to sit down and I want the, the atmosphere. And, and the atmosphere isn't the songs. The atmosphere isn't the music. But I, I desire that. Because I love music. It's a part of who I am. But when you and I walk into this room and we have our, quote-unquote, for lack of better terms, a worship service, I want the heart of each and every one of us to be so full that it is natural that the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs come out of us are worshipful to God. And when we get to that place, I was talking to a gentleman after the service last week, and he said, he had mentioned a time or two in, in his Christian life. I, I, don't, I don't remember if it was here or what he had said. I, sorry if you're here. But it was, he made mention of closing his eyes and worshiping God. And then when he was done, he kind of looked at somebody beside him and thought to himself, I hope I didn't do anything silly. When I worship, genuinely worship God, I don't necessarily think of anybody else that's around me. But let me tell you, I can't worship genuinely before an almighty God without any preparation before coming to this place. It's all a matter of my heart. It's all a matter of that, letting God's word live in me abundantly. Because when I allow that, it's natural that it comes out of me. We talked about this last week. Have you ever been with the person that is so incredibly on fire for God that you know that that person loves Jesus? Not because they're crazy, but there's just a sweet spirit about them and everything that they do and everything that they say, you can look at them and you can know that guy, that lady loves Jesus. You know what? I would challenge you to watch that person when they worship the Lord in song and I guarantee you, you can tell that that person loves the Lord. Why? Because they don't have to put on the front. It's not a matter of me going, well, let's see this morning, how am I going to do this? It's just a matter of me coming and I'm here, here I am. Man, my heart is ready. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to worship God. Ephesians chapter 5. This is where we'll spend the better part of our service this morning. Ephesians chapter 5. And as we look at this passage, really it's kind of a... If you have any form of cross-referencing in your Bible, there at Colossians 3, it probably took you to Ephesians chapter 5. But Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll start in verse number 18. And I'm going to read two verses this morning... I really could read about this whole entire passage, but, but basically what this is talking about is us as Christians being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. And so as we read, we start in verse 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that being filled, just so you know, is a continual filling. That's not a one-time filling, that is not what it's talking about when you accepted Jesus Christ and you were and dwelt with the Spirit. This is talking about being filled, a continual filling of the Spirit of God. In verse 19 it says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns 
and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And as we look at those two verses and we look at back at Colossians chapter 3 and we start really just grasping a hold of this, in order for me, again, to come and to, to exercise, so to speak, or to express anything publicly or to express my worship or to do those things, I have, it starts with 18 being filled with the Spirit of God. It's something that is a continual thing. One of the studies that I read said it like this. It said, it is a steady controlling of the life by obedience to the truth of God's word. Again, this is kind of a, a, a sister verse to Colossians 3. What, it, what is it talking about? Let the word of God live in me. If the word of God is living me, then I'm continually filled. Why am I continually filled? I am only filled because I'm in obedience to God's commands. It all goes hand in hand. Go ahead and live like the world and then tell me how filled with the Spirit that you are. You can't be. You're going to be dry. It's when I come and I, and I bow my heart to God and I give myself to God and I come back to Him and, and, and I live an obedient life that, that that filling is a natural and what the songs that come out of me are natural, the lifestyle is natural, all of those things, it becomes natural because of living an obedient life to Christ. And so as we, as we really wrap up this whole thing, one of the parts of music that really, it's so hard, but music is emotional. And it's hard sometimes to gauge the hard and gauge all those things, which isn't my job, it's not my position, it's not your position to look at the guy beside you and go, oh, they don't worship God. But when we stop and take the emotion out as much as we can, and I look inside of my life, and you look inside of your life, and we start looking at these passages of Scripture, letting the Word of God live in me, letting the Word of God dwell in me, it's natural. Letting the Word of God do those things, and in verse 18, being filled with the Spirit, not it's talking there prior to being drunk with wine, and if you do the study and some of the research, a lot of that stuff is talking, because in those days, within their pagan worship, drunkenness was natural. That was a lot of what they, they did that within their pagan worship. And so he was kind of referencing that, but then it says, but be filled continually, be continually filled with the Spirit of God. And so this morning as we look and as we talk about praise, here's what I want to talk about. When my life is filled with the Spirit, there's a few things that happen based on that. And it says it in that passage in verse number 19. If you go to that verse, it says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melodies in your heart to the Lord. Again, that's a great reference back to Colossians. But, but it says there, what does it do? When I'm filled with the Spirit, it says what? It says, speaking to yourselves. I will address addressing one another. And how do we do that? We do that in psalms and hymns. But as we, looked at, we look at being filled, again, I mentioned that it's a continually filling or a continual filling of the Word of God or continual filling of the Spirit that, that fills us. It's something that is, it should be a constant thing that we are constantly going after. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, fill me. God, give me this. But as I read Scripture and as I obey, He then indwells in me. He fills me. He allows me to live. He allows me to say the right things and do the right things and act this way and act that way. But He's giving me those things as I continually am in obedience to him and as this stuff is taking place I am filling one of the things that I read also it says this is a pursuing of pure living this is a, con a continuous confession to God this is dying to ourselves daily and often this is surrendering to God's will this is depending on his power this is living in the conscience, conscious presence of of the Lord. That is being filled with the Spirit. Do you live dying daily to Him? Do you live seeking Him? Do you live with confession as close to your lips? When, when you fail, you're seeking after God. Do we live in this manner in our lives? Are we constantly pursuing 
as much as we can as a human being, the pure living in Christ. Constantly being in obedience as much as we can. And when we do that, we are filled with the Spirit, so to speak, as in 18, which is what it's talking about. And then it says this in, verse, in, in 19, is what's on the screen. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. As we look at this, I'm going to give you a couple definitions of some of the things that, that those words are. What are psalms and what are hymns and spiritual songs and those different things. But, but it says addressing or speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. A psalm is this. It's a psalm. Old Testament, the whole book is a psalm. When it says speaking in psalms, that is what it is. Speaking here of the Old Testament psalms, taking the psalms and putting them to music. Also, not only uh, uh, maybe an instrument, but vocally singing. So they would sing songs from the, right out of, of the Scripture. What's a hymn? A hymn, this is a song of praise distinguished from psalms which exalted God. They were focused on the Lord. A hymn is a song of praise distinguished or a little bit different, set apart from what the psalms were, but they were exalting God. They were focused on the Lord. Spiritual songs were songs of personal testimony, expressing the truth and grace in one's personal lives. Making a melody, it says this, this is more of the instrumental music, so to speak, plucking of an instrument, while often just instrumentally, but not always, sometimes including the voice. But as we look at these different things, again, not everybody in this auditorium this morning is a musically inclined person. Some of you, if I were to ask you to sing, you would say, I don't even sing in the shower. I'm afraid to sing in my car. I don't sing. That's just a scary thing. I don't like it. My voice is horrible. But when we look at this passage, it says the people would address themselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. They would go back into the scriptures and they would dive into psalms and they would make songs out of the psalms. They would put them to music. Not only would they do that, but maybe they would write a poem and they would put words to it as a hymn. It's a praise to God through that. Or maybe they would get together and they would share a testimony of what God's done in their life. And they would just praise God because he was taking them out of something or, or, or whatever he had done in their life. And they would praise him through a spiritual song. Maybe you don't do these things, but I could guarantee there's somebody in this room who when they're down, this is what they go to. Who when things aren't going the way that they like to do, maybe they can play an instrument and they'll sit and they'll just play a song. Or whatever it might be, maybe you are a, a writer and things aren't going good, or maybe you just had a most incredible week of your life and you sit down and you write a poem or you write or whatever it would be, that's what this is expressing. It's something, what is at the end? In your heart to the Lord. Worship publicly is us coming together and we raise our voices and we do those things. But it all boils down to my heart based on God's word. I don't know. Again, I can't speak for you. Maybe this week it was really rough. Do you know what I do on really, really rough weeks? The last time the, the news that I got just a few weeks back on circumstances... Do you know the first thing that I did? I, I came and I prayed. And I just started listening to music and, and worshiping God. Because that's a way that I can express that. One of the things that I'll do, I'll turn off my car radio and I'll just sing at the top of my lungs whatever it would be that comes into my heart. Jesus, name above all names. Or whatever that song that comes to me. 
you may do that. Some of you may sit in a quiet room and you may get out your pen and a piece of paper and you just may start writing. God, I don't know, but God, you're good. God, I don't understand. God, I can't figure out. God, I blah, 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 whatever that is. But you jot it down on a piece of paper and you may not put it to song that can be sung verbally or out loud. But you're doing just what this is saying. And in your heart, you're giving that back to God. Because all a hymn is, based on everything that I studied, it's a poem that's just put to music. This week I've had the... I'm going to try to say this without crying. I'm going to cry. My grandfather, my adopted grandfather, he... uh, was a pastor, he pastored my parents when they were kids. He was a pastor for over 40, he's like 46 or 47 years. But he pastored in Akron, Ohio. He accepted the Lord in the 19, late 19, mid late 1930s. I found his first Bible that his wife got him from 1936. But as he went into pastoring, he has an extensive library. And when he retired and walked from his office, he gave that library to me. And at that time, I was 15, 16 years old. I don't know how old I was. When you're 16 years old, you have no idea what's going to take place in 10 years. But I got all this stuff, and I had it in a box, and I thought it was cool at the time. You know, look, I got all these books. Yay, what am I going to do with them? They've sat for almost 15 years in boxes. And as I've moved, I've looked through them and different things. And I went to Bible school or Bible college and I looked through some of it. But this week, I just, I pulled them all out. And I started going through them. And one of the books that I found, and if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, I posted it. It was Hymns and Meditations. And the book was written in the late 1800s. And I was sitting on the couch and I just started reading them. And they were just poems. And it was one of those things that I, I've heard, you know, we, we talk about hymns, you read it in scripture, hymns and spiritual songs, and you, you always kind of go, what's a hymn? Because they didn't have a hymn book back in the Bible days. Paul didn't walk around with a hymnal. If you think he did, I apologize, but he didn't. But, but they would write poems, and they would put it to word, or to song. And so I'm reading these, and I'm, I'm reading them out loud, my wife is probably like, would you just stop and shut your mouth? But... I'm just going through them, and it was just kind of ironic. It's not ironic, but I'm studying on psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and I come across this book from the late 1800s, and it's just a, like 30, it's just a little thin book, like 20 or 30 poems, or hymns and meditations is what it was called. And, and And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, this was somebody that was going through a rough time who just, jotted down a poem. This was somebody that, and I don't know the life story behind any of the people that wrote those, but when we, when we get to these places and we look at Colossians 3 and it says, let the word of Christ dwell in me richly, and in doing that, then what do I do? I do that and I live it out in this manner. When God's word dwells in me and the spirit fills me, I live that out just like this. It's said in verse 18 to be filled with the spirit. And when you're filled with the spirit, this is what you're going to do. You're going to speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Why is it natural that when we have a service, why is it for services all throughout centuries? What did they always do? They sang psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so as we look at this, and as I looked at that, and I was going through this stuff, and I'm, I'm looking at book after book after book, and I'm finding all this stuff, and I, I come across that book, and I'm thinking, wow, our churches have it wrong. We fight for a hymnal, but a hymnal is just a poem that somebody wrote that was hurting, that was having an awesome time that was doing this, and I picked up a book from 1880-something, and I'm like reading these things, and I'm going, that's all this is. And 
here in our churches, we will split this church wide open to have some people never walk back through the doors because we want to fight over that. That's not what it is. I don't come to worship. That's not a worship out of a heart. That's not a worship what God's word is talking. When that dwells in me, when it lives in me, when it does all those things, it comes out of me. Why? Because when I'm at home and I'm living in Christ and I'm dwelling in Jesus and it's tough, I'm going to write it down. When it's tough, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on my knees. That particular day I walked out of my office and I came right here because I can see my spot. Right here. And I wept at this stage. And then I walked to this auditorium for about 45 minutes. And you know what I did? I had something in my ears. And I just, actually I didn't. I just had my phone and I just kept repeating and repeating the same couple songs. I'm not a writer. If I was a writer, guess what I would have done? I'd have went upstairs or I'd have went somewhere and I'd have probably locked myself in a room and I'd have just got out and started writing. If I could have played the piano, I guarantee I know what I'd have done. I'd have went over there and I'd have sat at the piano and I'd have just started playing. What was I playing? I don't know. Whatever came to my mind, I would have just played it. Why? Because that's how God created us, to worship out of why. Because my heart is just set in tune with him because Jesus Christ is living in me because he's dwelling in me through his word and through his scripture and I naturally want to just pour it out. And that's where praise comes from. If you got your Bible ready, we're going to do some sword drills here. Psalms chapter 40. We're not really going to do sword drills. You don't have to hold it up. Psalms chapter 40. I encourage you to go through with me. You don't have to. They will be on the screen. But in Psalm chapter 40, we're going to go through a number of passages here. I'll try to be slow enough so we all can do this together. Most of them are in the same area, so we'll be all right. Psalm chapter 40, in verse number 3, it says, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. What is that very beginning? When you accepted Christ and different things, you would get a new song that is put into your mouth. Psalms 147. Go a hundred and something chapters later. Psalm 147. If it was only as easy as it is back there, they just push the button and it goes to it, right? Psalm 147. In verse number one, it says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Man, praise Him. Shout. Whatever it is that you got to do, that word there, praise, if it's, I don't know what your Bible has, but in the, the study notes on mine, it says, Hallelujah. For it is good to sing praises unto our God. It is pleasant, and praise is beautiful, or praise is comely. Man, God loves to hear it. How many of you love to hear your kids? Dada, daddy, mommy, when they cry out to you. There is no sweeter thing than when my son screams out, dada, dada, dada. Or when any of my kids, when I'm walking in the door, dad, dad. They hear the garage door open when I'm coming home and they open the garage door and they stand at the door. Dad, dad, dad. Man, that's sweet to me as a dad. But what is that? Praise. Man, it's the same thing when I say, Dad, Jesus. It's the same thing. You don't think he loves to hear you? Guarantee he does. Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, um, and I'm going the wrong way there. If I can find it myself, I keep flipping back and forth. There we go. Nehemiah chapter 12, and verse number 46. It says this, For in the days of David and Asaph of old, there were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. If you really go through and study the book of Nehemiah, obviously it's the building of the wall, but one of the things that they did right when that wall was done, they stopped, they 
had a chief of singers, they gathered together and they sang praises to God. Why? Why do we sing praises? Why do we lift it up? Because we have something to, that's, I'm excited about. I'm praising God. I'm giving back to God. Psalms 95. Psalm 95 and verse number 2. Psalm 95 and verse number 2, it says this. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Verse 3 says, For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Man, I come to God because it's, I'm coming before His presence. I'm giving Him thanks. I'm praising Him. James, in the, going to the New Testament... But James says, I'll just jump up on the screen here, sorry. But James says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. And I think I gave you the wrong verse. Because that is not anything to do with praising God. So I apologize. What did I write down? Ah, that's no good. I apologize. Ah, stink. Exodus 15. (laughs) Never done that one before. I'm sure there's a first time that probably won't be the last, just so you know. Exodus 15, 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and I spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Verse 21, if you go down, it says again, And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. They were praising God and they did what? They sang a song. How many times have we gotten to the end of maybe something incredible in our lives or maybe a service, it was just one of those services and you sing a song of praise. You do these things, why? Because you're triumphing. 1 Chronicles 16, 23. 1 Chronicles 16, 23. There's more passages and I, I'm, I'm just going through this, but in 16, 23 it says, Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day. His salvation. I'm showing forth his salvation as I sing songs of praise to the Lord. In Psalms 13, in the last couple verses here in Psalms, but in Psalms 13, it says this. 13 and verse 61. 61. Verse 6. There is no 61. In verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. If you go to chapter 95... In verse number one, oh come, let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And one last passage here in verse, or chapter 104 and verse 33 of Psalms, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to, the, to my God while I have my being. And you know, I, I just read... You can go through Psalms, you can go throughout all of Scripture and see where it talks about singing praises and giving praise and all those things, but, but all of that comes from where? My heart. Singing praises, what is it talked about? It talked about singing praises when things weren't so good. It talked about singing praises when, when I had to give Him back glory, when I was just praising Him and I was thanking Him and I was doing all those things. I was able to sing praises And then that last passage in 104, it said to do it what? It said, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Can I ask you this? the, The last point is very small. We've hit on it for six, seven weeks now. But can I ask you, what is the song that is on your heart? What is it that you're praising God for? What is it that this week you're going to sit down and you're going to, as the word of God is dwelling or living in you, that you're going to sit down and write? Maybe you're going to sit down and you're going to sing. Maybe you're going to sit down and you're going to play. Maybe you've got a testimony to share. But what is that song? And the last point there is, is worship, and, and I'm, I, I'm really not going to dwell too much in here. I'm not going to hound on this. We've talked about it for a number of weeks. 
But as we look at this and as we talk about this and we went, I'm going to go back to last week just very briefly and then we're going to wrap up this morning. But we talked about every aspect from salvation to discipleship to fellowship to stewardship to all of these different things within our lives of worship. And we talked last week that it's all about the heart. Everything on worship has to do with the heart. It is a lifestyle. It is something that you do every single day. It's all of those things. And as we come to this place, listen, some of you this morning, the worship and the praise may not be there, or the praise may not be there, because this week may have been the most miserable week of your life, but when I have a heart of worship, when my heart is right because I'm living, because I'm dwelling, I'm allowing God's word to dwell in me, praise is lifting up. It's easy sometimes to praise God. There's a lot of times where I don't want to praise that's when I have to kind of worship. Because I can worship God no matter what. Worshiping God is saying who God is and how great God is and doing those things. I'm worshiping. My heart is worshiping. I'm bowed before him. I'm humbled before him. Sometimes it's a lot easier to have that upbeat song and we're, you know, we're having a time. Then it comes to that more of a solemn moment or, or a time where you, It's just not as easy. But as we, as we look at this and as we wrap all this stuff up this week, what song is on your heart? What does it look like next week when you come in here and you take all of these weeks that we've put together and package it into one and you look at your life, and you've prepared yourself, and you are allowing God's word to dwell in you, and you're, you're going through all these things, and we come in here next week on Easter service, the celebration service of, of Jesus Christ who has died and rose again, and, and we're supposed to be lifting it up, and we're supposed to be worshiping him. When my heart is right, and I'm now literally have you ever been to church where you just, man, oh, I just want to, I want to sing, I want to praise, I want to do something. And then we've all been there where it's like, okay, can this guy ever stop? Some of you are looking at me right now. Like, can this dude shut it? Some of you this morning, we sung three songs. Some of you were singing that third song and you're like, we, I want another one, I want another one. Others of you are like, oh. Why I'm here for my duty, I'm checking it off my list. It's not because of a heart of worship, it's because I got to check. We took the offering, we shook a hand, this guy's got to speak. When he's done, mind out. Check. Now I got to go, and if I can get out that door or that door or that door and miss him, I don't have to shake his hand, I, don't have to, I can get out of here quick, nobody will say hi to me. I've checked it all off my list. And I did my 10 hours of church this month or my 7 hours of church this month or whatever it is. How about we come to church and I'm prepared for church. I've worshipped all week long. Man, I had a time in Monday morning and Tuesday morning and, and I had a time... This week I was driving in the car and the song came on and I just kept replaying it and replaying it and replaying it and I put the CD in and I did this and I did that and I'm having a time in my car. And it's been one of those weeks and I'm going to come into this place and I'm going to have a, we're worshiping God. I'm going to praise Him, but I'm, only, I'm not only praise, but I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give thanks to God. I'm going to honor who God is. I'm going to bow my heart to Him. But all that comes from Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16. And it says, and I'm done. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do it through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making a melody in our heart. 
I pray that this has been a, a good series for you. I believe it's been good for our church to go back to some of the very basics of who church is and what church is and why we do this thing. But when we start looking and we use the word worship and we start talking about all of these different things and as we wrap this whole thing up, I long for our church and for the people in this church, in this body, to just have such a desire to worship God. And I can't sit up here and gauge it based on how many hands are raised during this song or how many eyes are closed. But I'm talking the spirit of Oasis Baptist Church and the people of this church. That when we come in, man, I can look at you and I can know, and that guy had a good week. That guy, that girl, that lady... They just love God. And I can't wait to encourage them to go out to have another good week. I want to come up here, and I get that it's not my job, and I'm not a cheerleader. I'm, if you're a cheerleader, I'm sorry, but I don't really like cheerleaders. But that's kind of my job. Man, I want to come in here, and I want to, I want to coach, and I want to say, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Here's what we got to do. And I want to be able to do that, and I want to be able to come back. And when I'm sitting, as a coach, what does a coach do? All I can do is say, we had all the practices. Here's the plays. Go do it. I love coaching. If you fire me, I'm going to get a coaching job somewhere. But I love it. Why? Because there's nothing greater than taking a child or a teenager or whatever it is and showing him, hey, this is how you hit the baseball, and then watching him do it and hit the baseball. And then they come back and they're like, look, we did it, we did it, we did it. You know what? I want that every time we come into this church. That I can do everything that I can to say, here's what you got, here's what you got, here's what you got. And then when you come back, you're like, look, pastor, look what I did, look what we did. It's encouraging to me when you go, hey, this is my friend. They go to work with me. This is my neighbor. Why? Because here's what you did. You took what was taught. You applied it in your life. You went to somebody. And then guess what? You did it. I didn't do it. You did it. That's worship. It's me going to my neighbor. It's me going to work. It's me doing all those things. And the outpour of that is I get to come and sing a song. I get to see the fruit from my worship. I get to see it. You get to see it. We, what is it talked about? And when you look at that passage, it talked about what did they do? They did it together. 